Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. We took a little break last week because we were doing just a little thing called L&D Career Summer Camp, uh, which was honestly beyond my wildest imagination. Uh, I came up with the idea a couple of minutes before a podcast episode. I asked a few of you if it would be something you'd be interested in. I got flooded with responses. So I created a payment link and you all came and paid for it. And I was like, all right, we're, we're on to something here. And it just grew into something so, so beautiful that in all honesty, I couldn't have done on my own. Um, I'm just so, so grateful for my team, Molly Shapiro, uh, who is our community and business manager at The Overnight Trainer, uh, really, really helped with so much of the back end, so much of the communication side of things, um, got all of our recordings up uh, before, even before today, they're, they're all live today, uh, and just worked tirelessly. So Molly, thank you so much. And to the camp counselors, we had 25, 26, 27, 27 of you uh, come and take an hour out of your day, some of you for multiple sessions. And, you know, I, I sat down to, to do this episode, and this is more of, you know, kind of my, my reflections and how I was impacted by summer camp. But in reading the comments from everyone after each day, it's, it, it's just, I'm actually speechless, as you can tell. I'm speechless because those of you who were camp counselors, you impacted people in a way beyond what you probably think is uh, is possible. And just reading how people were transformed, there was not one session that was not mentioned by name in the reviews from summer camp. So to the camp counselors, thank you so much. And of course to the campers. I know many of you are listening to this episode right now. Uh, y'all, y'all did the thing. I, I, I have so many ideas for next year, <laughs> but I have to say that these ideas that I have for next year are all around what you all created organically this year. So for me, the biggest takeaway that I I got from all of you and the biggest gift that I got from all of you campers were how how well you all created community amongst yourselves. And it just goes to show, you know, I, I used to always say, I don't know how I attract all these amazing people, but I, I do know now and I'm very intentional about it that, you know, I attract people just like all of you, right? Purpose-driven people who, you know, want to grow in their L&D career and, and live a life not just of, you know, surviving, but thriving and get, being able to give back and, again, to have that larger purpose and seeing, you know, a hundred plus of you come together in community over the last week 
it, it took my breath away and I have just so much gratitude for all of you. So thank you all so, so much for coming to camp, being a part of camp. Uh, I know that many of you are going to catch up on the sessions. Those are up and uh, available for you all inside of your portal um, until August 31st. So you got some time to get through, get through those. So today I want to talk about my reflections and some of the biggest aha moments that I personally had with L&D Career Summer Camp. So that was, again, something I wasn't necessarily expecting, but I knew I would be surrounded by some of the greatest L&D minds that exist. Um, but the ahas that I got weren't necessarily around L&D as much as they were around myself and some kind of personal transformations that I am experiencing and going through. And I wanted to share some of those with you. So the first thing I, I want to share is came, came from Andy Storch's session. And he left us with these three questions that, you know, when things are not going our way or our way as we perceive, you know, or we're dealing with a challenge or a difficult moment, you know, for me, it's pretty... I. As, even though positivity is my number two strength, it's easy for me to to quickly get down into the dumps. So I I do suffer from anxiety and depression, and so I can I can easily get triggered in in many of those ways. And I wrote down as as Andy was sharing his his final takeaways with us. I wrote down these three questions, and I keep a very sel- select few uh, quotes on my computer, like on my desktop like physical on my, on my, on my desk. Um, and I added, um, I added actually two of Andy's quotes to that. So i uh, very excited about that. But the one I really want to talk about today is, are these three questions that Andy posed to us at the end, which is when we are dealing with a challenge, when we are dealing with something that gets in our way, something that's uncomfortable. First asking ourselves the question, what is great about this? And I appreciate that because and I, I encourage my clients, you know, when, when things don't go our way, it's really easy to spiral down and thinking about all the terrible things. And I encourage our, my clients to think, OK, like if we're going to spend that much time focusing on the negative of it, how much time can we spend, even if we spend just one minute, right? Can we focus on the positive or at least neutralize that? So I, I love that question. What is great about this? Uh, and then the next question is, what can I learn from this? And I, I love that because I think what we can learn from it often can be what's great about it too. Right, what is this lesson that it's teaching me in this challenging moment? Um, you know, he encouraged us to read this book called The Daily Stoic, and it's 366 Meditations on Wisdom, Perseverance, and the Art of Living. And Andy actually gave me a copy of this book, and it was during his session that I pulled it back out, and I've been going back and reading it because – there's so much that we can learn from our challenges, and that is really what helps us persevere. And then my favorite question that he posed is, what does this make possible? Right? Like, what does this make possible? And that question is so important, especially when we're going through challenging times or we don't get something right or we get, a, we get rejected or whatever it is, right? Like, Asking, it's that when one door closes, one door opens. And it's really hard sometimes to see the forest through the trees. And so I'm really going to practice these three questions, but specifically that when things don't quite go, quote unquote, my way, um, asking myself that last question, what does this make possible? Now that this is a no, what's a yes? And so for me, those were three really, really important questions. Again, there's a lot of transition going on. 
for me personally. I'm growing through some things right now. And being able to answer these questions or I even just ask these questions were really, really poignant to me. So, you know, again, you're going through a challenge. We all are um, big or small asking ourselves, what is great about this? What can I learn from this? And what does this make possible? So that was my first biggest takeaway. Uh, my second takeaway actually came, uh, I, and I feel like Heidi, Heidi, if you're listening, uh, Heidi Kirby, I feel like this might be surprising because it was a really, really, really tiny, tiny, tiny part of her presentation. Uh, and we re- Her presentation was all around you know, developing leadership competencies and capabilities, uh, especially in the instructional design field and, and, and L- greater LED field too. But she walked us through her research of her dissertation. And one of the things that I thought was so, so, it just struck me, such a great, uh, such a wonderfully formed question uh, that she, she was conducting surveys and meeting with people who were instructional designers for her dissertation and looking at you know, the, these leadership comp- competencies and building them and developing them. But the question that she asked people when one of the questions she asked people when she was interviewing them after she she synthesized, you know, what were some of these leadership competencies they were talking about? She asked the question, where do you feel you'll learn this? And I wrote that down immediately in very crappy handwriting. So I, well, I was going through cleaning up my desk yesterday and I was like, what is this? I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like that key question. So I need to write it in nicer handwriting uh, so I don't accidentally throw it away. But I love the question of asking your learners just in general, where do you feel you'll learn this? Because so many things. But (laughs) I I think in learning, it's so easy for us to want to put all of our learning in one place, right? We get caught up in having the newest, nicest, shiniest piece of foil in terms of an LXP or an LMS or some other platform where we're hosting all of our learning. And we forget about our learners sometimes. And I know I've personally been guilty of that. And the thing is, we get excited, right? We see this platform and it's amazing and we see all the things that we can do. But it's important to remember it's it's amazing to us because we're in the learning and development field. So, of course, we're going to geek out on it. Um, but we get annoyed when the rest of the organization doesn't quite geek out on it to the level that we are. And we can do all the marketing in the world and we could sell it, you know, to the organization. Uh, But at the same time, if we're not, if we're not, if we're not where our learners are, what are we doing in the first place, right? Are we actually delivering them learning or are we making them go on a scavenger hunt to do their jobs well? And so, and one of the things, and and I talk about this a lot in in the strategy work that, that I do, you know, I often ask learners when I'm doing needs analysis, I ask people, where are you going now to learn, right? If it's a similar subject, where are you going now? And that question has helped me immensely, right? So I can see, oh, they're not going to the LMS or maybe they are going to the LMS, right? Or, you know, they're going to YouTube or they're going to this Confluence page inside their organization, right? And it's really helpful for me when I do that to figure out, okay, when I'm creating this learning ecosystem, when I'm creating this structure for the organization, where am I going to put this learning, right? Where where will this actually live so it's the most beneficial? And, and that came from Heidi too, right? Like how can we just make ourselves more useful? It's not about the bells and whistles. It's, it's about how can we make ourselves more useful to the organization. But I feel like that question that I ask, you know, where do you go to learn? It's a great question and I'll continue to ask that. But I think when we're talking about, if, 
and I, I could talk about this probably topic forever, but we think about the five moments of learning needs. This question that Heidi poses is such a beautiful addition to that because, you know, if you aren't familiar with the five moments of, of learning needs, it's the the five moments are when you learn something new for the first time. When, second one's when you want to learn more. The third is when you try to apply and remember. Uh, the fourth is when something goes wrong. And the fifth are when things change. So, you know, I think if we're talking about, you know, if someone's learning something for the first time, you know, where, well, where, where are you going when you are learning topics like this, right? That's really helpful for us to see, okay, they've learned new topics before along the same line. Where have they gone? But if it's something, you know, new, maybe some, when something goes wrong, right? Hey, something goes wrong. Where do you think you'll go to learn that? Um, that might be a totally different place for them. And so I just really love that question. And again, it's so simple. And I don't even know if Heidi realizes how impactful it was uh, for me personally. But being able to ask our learners just in general, where do you feel you'll learn this can give us so much insight into where they'll actually go to learn it. Uh, and again, if it's something that they feel that they'll just learn on the job, maybe it's not a place that they're, you know, uh, an actual location. How do we now better equip our managers so that the way this are these these employees, and these learners can learn it on the job? So that just really, really, really stood out to me as a really wonderful question to layer on. So when you are doing your needs analysis, and I know for me in the future, and as far as like any like consulting and things like that. Uh, you know, being able to, to speak to learners, asking that question and really understanding, or even when we're talking to subject matter experts, right? Like being able to ask them, like, where, like, where, do, where do you feel like you, you, if you were how to learn this now, or if something goes wrong in, in your subject matter expertise, where do you feel you'll learn, you know, learn the answer or get the answer? So I really, really liked that question. And it's something that I'm going to keep in my arsenal for sure. All right, so then other, a couple other things that really stood out to me. Um, one was all around personal branding. And Nicole from Your ID, she, um, your instructional designer, she came and did a whole session on personal branding. And the thing that really stood out to me, and I wrote this down, was your personal brand is the story others tell about you. And what's interesting is I actually woke up this morning thinking about that concept about you know, if you had someone in your network tell your story, what would they say? And would it align with what it is you want them to, to say, right? What you want to be known for. And I see this a lot in terms of content. And I think about this in terms of, you know, I see cl uh, clients of mine who, you know, want to create original content of their own, yet the story they're telling you know, rather than telling the story of, of them being a, a learning professional or a learning leader, right? They're telling the story of being a job seeker. And so it was just so, uh, that question was so poignant or that, not the question, but that statement of your personal brand is a story others tell about you, right? If someone were to look at your personal brand right now, would they say, oh, this person's a learning leader? Oh, oh, this person is an instructional design guru or, oh, this person is, you know, so knowledgeable and they tell the, you know, they tell really amazing stories about, you know, their, their career development, right? Whatever it is, uh, or wow, this person's you know, such an amazing facilitator, whatever it is, are they telling that story or are they saying, wow, this person's been searching for a job for, you know, 10 months. And so that to me, it was just such a, I got a poignant statement in terms of, of me being able to also reflect back and say, okay, is my personal brand telling the story I want it to tell? And I think so, but uh, it made me think, and I'm going to be doing some work in that over the next 
the, the next couple weeks and months and, and making sure that it is aligned with the story that I want to tell and remembering too that our, the stories that we tell, um, the stories that we want to tell and the brand that we want to have, that can change and evolve too. So that for me is something that such a big aha moment of, you know, it's my personal brand. The story that other people are telling about me, is it the, the story that I want to be told about me right now? And when it's not, right, it's our responsibility then to start to change that narrative. So I, I really encourage all of you, uh, if you're in, uh, if you are in um, the L&D Career Summer Camp, to go back and watch that session from that lens um, and to ask yourself that question of like, is, is my personal brand, if I were to pull, you know, 10 people right now, you know, what would they say? Like, what, what, what story would they tell about me? And is it the story I'd want to be told? So I, I'm grappling with that in a really good way right now in terms of, um, my own personal brand and just that simplification of it was really, really helpful. So thank you, Nicole. Another thing that I got um, a takeaway was from Aldi's session. And for me, it was just more of a reminder about the importance of testing out our own hypotheses and our own careers and the ability to come up and just form a hypothesis. I think so many times we and I see this with career transitioners, especially in the L&D space, we choose, we choose our ending, right? Okay, I want to be an instructional designer at this type of company, right? We, cho- we choose the ending. Um, and then we try to backwards engineer into that. And I think from a learning perspective, right, we're often told start with the end in mind. But I really love for Al, where his was more around like testing this hy- hypothesis um, and being able to experiment and get creative. And so for me, it was such a takeaway of, you know, I think we often think we have to have it all figured out and all the steps figured out, but what would happen if we started to experiment a little bit more? And if we said, hey, here's a hypothesis, but rather than going out there and trying to prove my hypothesis true, what if I just approached it like a researcher? And what if I test this hypothesis and and let go of the outcome? That's something that I've really been working on personally a lot is that I, this idea of letting go of the outcome, much easier said than done. Um, but I think what was so, what, what clicked for me is the idea of when we were able to create these hypothesis, hypotheses and run these little, ex, these smaller experiments to test them out and test to see if it's what we even want to do or how we want to do it or where we want to do it, whatever that looks like, it allows us to, it, it allows us to come back to them and not have to make such big decisions in the moment. Um, and it allows us to have more freedom and flexibility. I think it's easy to put our our tunnel vision on um, and say, okay, like this is what success looks like. And if it's not that, then it's nothing. And so it's just a really wonderful reminder for me about how important it is for us to test our hypotheses, not to prove them true. Um, again, that's a really big distinction there, but more through that lens of the researcher of, hey, I'm glad I tested this hypothesis because actually it's not right for me. And I I see that a lot in career tra- career transitioning. I see so many people come and say, I want to be an instructional designer. That's it. You know, end all be all. I'm going to put all my eggs in the instructional designer basket. I'm going to go to all the academies and do all the portfolios and do all the things. Uh, and then they feel like they're too far in. Uh, you know, I'm getting my master's in it, right? And they people feel they're too far in to even go back. And so I just... I just think it's really, really important. And I just got so much out of that of like, how do we start to like treat our careers like almost like science projects and have a hypothesis? And it's okay to think about what the end might be. But as we're, we're inching closer to it, being able to run these experiments, test things, play around with things, see how things feel and, and try them on. 
that we were able to course correct. Um, that's something that for me has been a such a, a challenge as I build a business and as I've grown my career is, you know, redefining success. And I think if we can start to define success on these smaller, more hypothetical, right, and create these hypotheses, it, and we approach it from a researcher, we take a lot of that pressure off of ourselves. So Al really reminded me of what it what it meant to be a researcher and to create these, these hypotheses for our own career and our own lives. And I really, really appreciate that. All right, the last takeaway that I got was to me the biggest, and I think it was the biggest to a lot of people based on the surveys that I did last week, which is movement and meditation is an essential part of any career development strategy. So whether you are transitioning into L&D for the first time, you are high level and you're looking for your next big break, you are, you know, in, in right now you are an individual contributor and you're ready to take on your first managerial role, whatever it looks like, anywhere and everywhere in between, I want to encourage you to incorporate some movement and meditation in terms of your career development strategy. Uh, it was one of the things that I got from Molly Shapiro's session, uh, it was on Monday, right, about our to-do list and our to-love list, and are we doing things to actually support ourselves that we love to do? Um, and you know, sometimes we don't love to do movement or love to do meditation, but those are things that show our show ourselves love. And movement could be that you're doing some chair stretches. Movement could be that you're going for a walk. Movement could be that you're hiking Kilimanjaro. I don't know, right? but are you incorporating movement and meditation as an essential part of your career development strategy? And this last week was so such a, a reminder to me about how I personally benefit from movement and meditation and how I've been putting that on the back burner. So I, uh, as part of my gift to myself to celebrate a successful week of L&D Career Camp, I joined a virtual yoga studio. My favorite studio is based uh, in LA and they have a virtual version. They're actually coming to Austin soon, so I'm really excited. Uh, and I'm going to commit to doing some sort of yoga practice uh, pretty much every day. I know not every, not all, not every single day will work out, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to put that on my to love list every day and attempt to cross that off. And really, I'm telling you here to a podcast of I don't know, probably at least two thousand of you will listen to this episode, <laughs> so you can come and hold me accountable for that as well. But I just I saw the shift in the people who attended the movement classes and the people who attended the meditation and the people who attended both. I I just saw the shift in energy, in community, in knowledge retention. Right there's so many so much so many scientific facts behind you know being able to move and, and meditate. So to me that was just a huge. I would say it was the biggest the biggest piece that I took away from last week is that we need to be more conscious and I'm I'm going to do better too from not only myself but encouraging my clients as well that the idea of movement and meditation that it has to be an essential part of our career development that when we take care of our bodies and our minds right then our careers I mean watch out right nothing nothing is impossible at that point so I had so many other takeaways. I probably could talk about every single session in length, but those were the things that really, really landed with me and the things that really impacted my perspective last week and the things that I am 
taking with me and things that challenged me, uh, the things that I will be considering as I work on growing my business and businesses, uh, my personal brand, my offerings on all of those things too. So I just appreciate you all so much for, for those of you that attended camp, uh, for those of you that haven't attended yet or are going to be watching the replays. I can't wait to hear your takeaways as well. Um, but yeah, I really, really appreciate you all. And uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about some resume stuff. I'm really excited to get into that series. We're going to be doing a live a live program uh, all around reprogramming your resume at the end of this month. But uh, for now, stay tuned for a couple couple great episodes coming up all around the idea of resumes. I know it's a hot, hot topic right now. So appreciate you all so, so much. Let me know what you all think about the replays from summer camp and I'll catch you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the L&D Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.